Hey, this is a Hakawari production. Ever thought about collecting art? My next guest is an expert in contemporary Arab art. He's the founder of two art galleries in Beirut, including Ajial and the Sally Barakat Gallery. He's helped build major art collections around the world, and he's deeply involved in developing the market for Arab art on a global level. He's also been a speaker at some of the most prestigious museums and universities. Please welcome to the show, Saleh Barakat. Hi, Saleh. Hi, Nadia. So let's start with the basics. Is art a good investment from a purely financial perspective? Well, this is the question that uh, everybody is asking these days. And to be very honest, it's a very complex answer. Uh, historically, art has always been a, a good investment in the sense that uh, because of its rarity, good quality art keeps its value. So it's a fabulous placement. But uh, the mistake that usually the young generation are doing while approaching art is that every investment has a return, you know. So while, uh, for instance, when you buy an apartment, you can rent it. When you buy a piece of land, you can grow agriculture on it. When you put your money in the bank, you can you can get uh, interest. If you buy stock, you have dividend. And in fact, the real return of art is the enjoyment that you have with this piece of art every single day of the year when you look at it and you live with it. It makes your life happier. So if you look at it only in terms of pure capital increase, so when you buy it and how much you sell it and what is the difference, I think in this case people are losing really the real return on art. But is it a good investment? For sure that everything that when people are pretty knowledgeable about what they are buying in any domain, by the way. It allows them to separate the good quality from the rest and quality over time always gets higher. So yeah, in this instance, if your parents bought the good artists of their time, you will be benefiting from what they have enjoyed in addition to all the pleasure they had all through these years. But approaching art purely as an investment tool uh, without really liking art, in this case, I must say, uh, most probably it may lead you into wrong directions because you will probably buy with your ears, not with your eyes, not with your heart, not with your passion. And that can take you into wrong uh, directions. Has the industry changed over the last few months uh, since COVID-19 came along, um, the economic crisis that ensued around the world, and of course in the Middle East and here in Lebanon where you have your galleries, did you get a sudden influx of people looking for kind of uh, stable investments, meaning art? Have you seen a change in any way? In the past few years, art uh, managed somehow to impose itself as a class a, I mean, asset, as an asset class next to real estate and many other investment stocks. So people take it seriously today. 
And in fact, during COVID and they were really confined in their homes, art was something that was accessible. You know, you can see it online, you can order it, it can be shipped. It's different from buying real estate. You don't want to buy an apartment that you haven't seen. You don't buy an apartment that you you don't really uh, know the area or haven't lived this plus it's more expensive art is uh, requires less quantities or amounts of money so if you know a little bit the artist you know a little bit the art scene that you're interested in then it might be easier to look at art as something that you can buy virtually while you are confined in the isolation of your home plus you can enjoy it because you're stuck at home (laughs) Exactly. Plus, you can enjoy it because actually uh, life continued through the shipping. I mean, airport closed, but not for cargo. So I remember having uh, sold artworks to other countries and shipping them and arriving to the client and the client hanging them, enjoying them while nobody was really going to a supermarket. So which countries have you been shipping to? Actually, mostly it was uh, to the Gulf, but it could have been any other places. I mean, um, that was the case where I have clients who know me very well, who know my artist, and it was very easy to achieve uh, the deal while it was fully virtual. Yeah. So are most of the clients for Arab art Arabs? I must say, definitely they represent the majority of buyers, but not necessarily. I mean, of course, there are buyers from everywhere in the world. You will be surprised. I mean, one of the most recent uh, clients was from Puerto Rico. So it could be from any part of the world. But it goes without saying that probably the majority of buyers of French art are French, Chinese art are Chinese, and definitely uh, many of the buyers of Arab art are Arabs because they live this situation. They are more sensitive to the topics that Arab artists tackle within, in their art. But that doesn't mean that people from other places in on the planet cannot also be sensitive to these kinds of uh, of subjects. Definitely. What are some of the main themes that, that you see in contemporary Arab art? Yeah, no doubt. No, at least I focus on Levin, on the Levant, on Levantine artists. And because my gallery is an engaged gallery, I defend a little bit what I call the Levantine identity, which is an identity that has this very peculiar thing of being multi-confessional and multi-ethnic. When you grow up in Iraq or Syria or Lebanon or Palestine or, or Jordan, people are exposed to Judaism, to Christianity, to Islam, to different confessions, Shiite, Sunnite, uh, Catholics, Orthodox, different ethnicities. You can be Kurdish, you can be Armenian, you can be Sherkas, you can be Arab. I mean, and I feel this identity today is in danger because of all the wars that are happening in the Middle East. So I consider myself 
a little bit like a custodian of this uh, Levantine identity in visual arts. And since those countries I've mentioned, whether Palestine or Lebanon or Syria or Iraq, have been in a constant, continuous turmoil for the past decades, for, forever. Yeah, <laughs> it goes without saying that violence is very present. An artist is a very sensitive soul, and when you grow up surrounded by so much violence, I feel it's pretty impossible today not yeah to protect yourself from it. It will come no matter what you do, and it's reflected in there. But that's also what makes it very interesting because people from other places in the world don't have this context, and therefore how it's being interpreted in art is uh, something extremely uh, attractive for those who uh, look at art as being an expression for change, as an expression of uh, how artists express the problems that are being faced by their own communities and how they translate them into universal forms because we are not talking about political propaganda. We are talking about how this surrounding environment is uh, being interpreted through the brushstroke or the uh, the sculpture of an artist or the video of an artist or the camera of an artist into a an artistic language and that can reach all human souls. You're quite worldly. You've lectured at Princeton University and uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. Um, so how is Middle East art perceived on kind of the global uh, stage of art and countries like the U.S. and in Europe? Basically, the international interest grew up after September 11, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, the interest in the Middle East grew because people were interested to know what are these people where all these unfortunate events happened, came from. So this is why at the beginning they were very interested in the political and the religious. But slowly and surely, I mean, people like me are not only interested in exporting this image of uh, the Levant, which definitely is part of our contemporary identity, but there are so many other things. So you go from where there is a need and uh, from there you try also to defend that there are so many other uh, interesting subject matters. And this is how, for instance, the world, the Tate and the afterwards to, to MoMA and the Metropolitan and the Centre Pompidou and Art Institute of Chicago started discovering a fantastic group of women from the Levant who very early from the 40s, 50s, 60s were very avant-garde in tackling the issues of abstractions and of Eastern semiology of post war and so you know it depends on the institution there is a lot of different angles the middle east is also representative of arabicity of a lot of uh, uh, religions i mean christian oriental christianity which these are not really 
present in 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 the west so it's a, it's really curious for them to discover all yeah. these different things they're still discovering it though because i guess what i'm asking is in terms of the market for arab art around the world do arab artists who are well respected here have the same kind of clout as american artists there do do you see where i'm going like is the market there uh, for arab art significant and do they value it like they would value european or american art for sure in the west they are much more exposed to western art which is completely much more defended through institutions throughout hundreds of years so it goes without saying that it is more established uh, but uh, there is a new generation of i would say arab american artists i mean uh, arab artists who emigrated to the united states or who spend their time who for example let's say somebody like walid raat today somebody like mana hatoum they are established in the west they live there and hence they are really considered as western artists of course they are also known for defending uh, issues that are related to their own backgrounds mm-hmm. but uh, they have made it uh, pretty pretty much i mean walid raad had a solo show at moma uh, which many americans would not even dream to yeah. to do so about investing in art um i had a conversation with a good friend of mine uh, who has a gallery here I was interested in buying some paintings and she her view was that if you're going to buy art worth 10 15,000, it's probably not an investment piece, it's a decorative piece. Is this the case? What what constitutes an investment in art? At what price levels are we talking about? Well, it's a cont- very controversial issue. I mean, I uh, everybody now is talking about investing in art. I've been in this business for the past 30 years. And every time somebody approaches me with this thing, the first thing I would say, please don't buy art for investment. It's the worst approach to art. It's the least interesting. Art is a is a fantastic passion. Um you don't want to buy art because in 20 years or in 10 years or whatever it will increase in price i mean this approach for me is is the biggest aberration to the approaching art it is to a certain extent true that if you are buying something for 10 15000 for it to become lucrative in terms of what they call an investment is I mean what making 10% a year so doubling in like five or seven years this is not the time factor in art an artist if you are buying him because you like him you are supposed to be a patron for him you are supposed to keep on buying him over the years buying him and not selling him buying him and not selling him helping him to advance his career and maybe sometimes in the future your kids your grandchildren i don't know uh, this guy becomes so established that it becomes a serious value but unless you are i mean really spending big amounts of money as a fund and tracking the market in a way that is pretty speculative 
buying an, a piece of art and asking every morning what's the price of it is uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think that's what, what I meant. But I think most people that would buy a you know, serious piece would hope that it would at least grow in value over time and not devalue for okay. sure. Nadia, let me, let me be very honest about that. I mean, in whatever domain in the world, whatever domain, what will grow up in value is an advanced knowledge. I mean, how are you going to buy a good artwork that is going to be very valuable unless you become a bit erudite about your knowledge about it. I mean, you want to be interested in art. It takes, for me, three to five years for you to learn the basics, to know what is a good artist, what is a bad artist. What I, do, I don't like the word good artist, bad artist, but I mean, what are artists who have more potential than others? You know, so that knowledge is part of the passion. When you restrict it to the fact that I am buying a product that I am valuing today at 15 and in two years it should be 25, without all the other ingredients, I mean, having spent time with artists, talking to them, knowing why are they interesting, why do you think they are potentially growing to become even more interesting. I mean, all this for me is the real return on art. And just thinking about the price tag is the least interesting for me. I, I, would, I don't want to say that this is not happening or it's not happening, but it is really an approach, you know, why not also trading with commodities in that instance. Why Why art? I mean, it sure. could be anything else. Everything can be speculated on. And that is something we should not be doing for artists. We should not speculate on artists to make his price go up. And then once we have made money on the art, we put it on the market again. And eventually... You will, Yanni, the buyer will end up making the money, not the artist. And I think people interested in art should approach art as being patrons. They are here because they are successful in their businesses. They are doctors, lawyers, insurers, uh, bankers. They make money in their fields and they come to spend it in culture and art because we need art and culture need patron not speculators. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what are some of the things that you look for um, to recognize, quote-unquote, good art and uh, artists who are significant or have potential? Well, first of all, I always look at the artists from the very beginning. Usually I follow them from while they are uh, studying and you can see how much they in invest in their education and their culture and traveling and watching other artists and understanding and grasping the history of art because there is a, this thing you are born with the talent. Yes, of course there is a talent, but if this talent is not associated with a very proper education and a huge investment in your cumulative culture, 
it will you will make few things and then uh, it will burst you know it's a it's a very continuous thing that needs to take time and time so i look at those artists who are so passionate about their obsessions about their accumulation about their perseverance their seriousness how much they are artists because they cannot be anything else if they are looking at their art as a as a golden egg it will it will not happen because most of the time the very first 10 15 years are extremely difficult it's a via dolorosa you are investing to one day become your art become so established that then it becomes a comfort in terms of money but the beginning you need to find yourself to find your way to find your small niche in the history of art everything has been done so what is this unique thing that you need to carve so hard in order to prove yourself as being a distinct artist. I look at all these at the same time. I want to see the talent, but also I want to see the perseverance and the culture. If you're not interested in the work of other artists of the Renaissance or in what is happening in the video art, your art will not evolve properly. It has to represent your time. So who right now, uh, in your opinion, are some of the most interesting artists in the region and in, in contemporary Arab art? I mean, I, I don't like to mention names because there are so many good artists. I mean, of course, there are those I believe in because I've been working with them. I know them very well and I believe in their potential, but others also uh, who don't necessarily work with me or are not necessarily in Lebanon or who are following another path. The region really has a lot of great artists. I mean, really, really good artists in all domains. We have good sculptors, good painters, good video makers, good installation artists, good performance artists. Really, it's amazing how much good artists and serious artists are in the region, much more than we have proper institutions and proper galleries and proper art scene, proper uh, art centers to engulf them. Yeah, I know you don't want to drop names, but not everyone is familiar um, with with artists. So it's nice to hear about individual uh people uh, maybe you can talk about uh, someone that that you do represent and and maybe uh, talk a little bit about their story it's it's very unfair to mention one or two artists and not to mention the how others. many do you but represent I, mean, I i really must say that there are at least different groups of artists i mean those who are socially engaged those who are politically engaged those who are aesthetically engaged i mean there are different groups. I really like, for instance, how one artist was very much taken by the idea of defending a little bit, uh, for instance, the transsexual and transvestite community in Lebanon. 
or in another time where she wanted to defend the domestic helpers and racism against domestic helpers by extrapolating the place of the madame with the maid. It was called Maidame, you know, and for uh, the course of one photography, the domestic helper was given the right to dream of herself as being the employer. But I mean, really, I, so many, I mean, Abdelrahman Katanani, not to mention a name, but I know somebody who could have become a thug if he followed the path that was meant to him and he decided otherwise. And now he's an internationally recognized artist. As we speak, he is opening an exhibition in Geneva. The Swiss ambassador called him to tell him, you have a place on an airplane that, you know, it. he became so important. And But the most important for me is not only the success of his art selling everywhere, but presenting a model for other Palestinian refugees, is a refugee in the camp of Sabra and Shatila, but creating a model to tell other kids in those camps that you can make it, you can get out of this entrapment where everybody is telling you are doomed to remain there. No, you are not doomed. There is hope. This is the very living example of a guy who had absolutely nothing and now he has the whole world in front of him. I love his work, by the way. He creates sculptures out of uh, recycled materials. Recycled materials like barbed wire and this kind of stuff. It's really uh, cool he stuff. He uses the material that is around him in the camp. Corrugated steel, leftovers. I mean, he really uses recycled material, very harsh material, but to express exactly the contrary of people would expect from somebody like him. I know he should be he's poor, he's neglected, he's uh, alienated, so he should have a grudge against society. And no, he want, he want to show you that the kids in the camp, like any other kid in the world, they only dream of playing, of uh, being happy, of uh, of believing in, in fairy tales happening. So if someone was interested in art and wanted to start a proper art collection, how would you recommend they get started? Well, this is exactly what I tell them if they come to my gallery and they want, quote unquote, to invest in art. I will tell them, please don't buy anything for the coming three to six months, depending on how perseverant you are. Just go visit every week another gallery. Please, when you go to dinners, start looking at art around you. Uh, if you find something you like, ask about the name of the artist. Go do some Google research. On the week after, go to a gallery and ask, what do you have? Do you have this artist? What do you have? Something similar and so on and so forth. At least you can decide that what you have seen, you know what you kind of like. And once we decide uh, that this is what we like, then we focus more on what we like and we start mentioning, okay, why this guy is worth 
10,000 and this guy is worth a thousand and this guy is worth a hundred thousand and start, uh, you know, understanding the functionality of the art market and then only then start buying few pieces and I would say at least the first one year of acquisition, you will do mistakes. You are bound to do mistakes. But this is how you learn. It's a learning curve. And it's a continuous learning curve. You, The more you invest in your knowledge in art, the more you make less mistakes. And the more you enjoy it, it's a virus. It grows on you continuously. I don't know if that's the word we want to use right now, but virus <laughs> it's a good virus art collecting <laughs> it's a good, is it's a good virus yes it's uh yeah we'll have to find a good name for it well thank you so much for your great insights it's been such a pleasure having you in the studio thank you nadia that's it for today thanks for listening be sure to subscribe to the show and check us out on social media later gator <laughs>